Welcome back to WrestleZone Radio, everybody. It's me, Nick Hausman, and right now we are joined by one half of the IWGP Tag Team Champions, the Killer Elite Squads, Davey Boy Smith Jr. Davey, thank you so much for taking the uh, call today. Hey, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's weird, by the way, before we get, in any, get into anything else, it's, it's weird for me to call you Davey after years of calling you Harry. Am I the only one that's having a hard, hard time adjusting to this? Uh, you know what? That, that's fine. If you if you want to refer to me as Harry on the interview, that's fine. Um, I've been doing lots of interviews, so I just tell everybody to uh, just just call me Harry for the interview. That's fine. What if I just refer to you? I, as... I think we know each other well enough by now, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. Can I, can, can I just refer to you as, like, the biggest, strongest, scariest man in all of pro wrestling? Is that all right, too? Uh, <laughs> oh, thank you. You are, man. You are a, you are a, a specimen, for sure. And all of your training... All of your skills came into play the other day in a way that had nothing to do with professional wrestling. Uh, I reached out to you and wanted to chat because, obviously, uh, Harry, you're a, you're like a hero now. Uh, walk us through what happened a couple nights in Calgary. Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, I was driving up on 16th Avenue on Bonas Road, and, um, you know, we, we had seen a lady, and she was hanging off the side, like it was sort of straddle off the side of the bridge there and there was a guy talking to her and I could see that she was crying and in distress so we stopped the car and I hopped over the barricade and I went to approach her and talk to her and uh you know she said that she didn't want to talk and that I wouldn't understand and she just wanted to end things and she told me to f off a few times and uh you know once I kind of realized that myself and this other gentleman was talking to her wasn't really getting anywhere and there were people down on the other like underneath on the underpass that were waving her off you know not to do it and letting her know that you know life's a precious thing and you're making a you know you're making a mistake so when i was able to get within close enough distance to her i you know i kind of patted her and said hey don't worry you know we'll, we'll get the, the, you're making a mistake there's people i care you know and she was just crying and an emotional mess so i managed to grab a hold of her and uh, the more I started to grab her, the more she was resisting, and she was pretty serious about wanting to complete this this jump. So I was able to pinch her leg, the one that was uh, straddled, in between my legs and um, in between my two like upper thighs. And in wrestling, uh, it's called running the pipe. If you go for like a head outside single leg and you turn the guy to to, to take him down. So I knew that when I had her anchored there, she was she was going to be you know not be able to go but she was fighting me and, and she was like i don't know if she was more threatening that the more i grabbed her the more she wanted to go or is she was wanting to do it and uh i we were getting kind of scared because it was a kind of a struggle and the other gentleman was helping me and i knew not to grab a hold of her her clothing at all which is a natural instinct when you're fighting or people grab a hold of clothing and but if somebody's hang off a bridge like that, the, grabbing their clothing is the worst thing you can do, unless it's the last thing you can grab a hold of, because it, it rips. But grabbing a hold of somebody's arm or the back of their head, that you know, it, in a proper position, it's not going to slip. Wow. So I managed to get her uh, onto the onto the pavement, and then I quickly mount, established the mount position in jiu-jitsu, as it's called, and then um, I put her arms over her head to, so she wouldn't be able to, to do anything, and... Uh, 
the guy that was with me or that was there, he said that she said that she had a gun and that was really scary. Cause I, wow. even though I didn't feel it on her when I had her in the mouth, you know, I don't know if she's got it underneath her, underneath her pants or she's got it tucked away into her, into her sweater. And then she started breaking down crying and she just said she needed a hug. And, you know, I told her as much as I wanted to hug her that I couldn't do that because, you know, she said she had a gun and she said she didn't, but I, I didn't a hundred percent trust it. And we waited for a few minutes until police arrived and they were, they handcuffed her and took her away. And one of her friends arrived on the scene right before the cops did. And she told me, uh, how much she thanked me for saving her friend's life and, and everything. And she, and she asked why I was wearing that outfit I was wearing, but that's, uh, that's besides the point. But you know, um, a, a good thing with my training is when I had her in the mouth position, she was really trying to squirm and get away and buck me off. And people, when they're in this kind of fight or flight mode, they they have a really big, like a, like a huge adrenaline rush. And sometimes they can be very, very strong and powerful for a short amount of time. Like you hear about people lifting up cars to save people's lives. So, you know, in that kind of situation, they, they almost don't feel any pain. So I was able to mount her and she kept trying to buck me off. And I said, you're not going to get me off. You're not going to move unless I let you move. I said, you're not going anywhere. I said, just calm down. I'm here for you. Please, you know, stop. You're making a mistake. I'm just, you know, and, uh, <clears throat> I didn't need to put her in a chokehold or strangle her, or put an arm bar on her because it was, she was a girl also, but, uh, there were, it wasn't necessary. I just wanted to neutralize her. So she wasn't going to harm me and I, and I wouldn't be able to harm her. And, you know, luckily when police arrived on scene, they arrested her. And we, we found out she didn't actually have a gun. But, you know, people that are scared like that, they, they start threatening. And they, they'll threaten that they have a gun or they'll threaten that they're going to jump. And I'm really glad that I was there to to save her because, you know, thinking back on it, I don't know what somebody like her, like her mental thinking is at the time. Like maybe if the police arrived on scene and, they're trying to save her and she's thinking in her head, well, you know, I've gone this far and the police are here and I'm going to be arrested and all these things are going wrong in my life. You know, screw it. I'm going to go and jump. You know, I, I don't know what, what kind of thought process she had. And, and um, the, wow. the main thing that I want to promote out of this, and it's not to talk about how great I am or how tough I am because the people, a couple people have accused me of that. What I want to promote out of this is that people should never be afraid to ask for help. And people should also never be afraid to give a helping hand because, you know what, maybe if this girl had gotten help earlier, um, you know, before all these events lead up to you're going to make the worst decision of your life and jump off a bridge or jump, you know, uh, you know, kill yourself, you know, that before this tumbleweed turns into that to get to go and seek help. And people should never be afraid to seek help. It doesn't mean, you know, it doesn't make you a weak person at all. And, and, you know, some people do need help and mental illness is a a really, it's a real thing. I know people that have taken their lives, unfortunately, friends of mine and people that I know, and, and I wish that they would have been able to have seeked out and gotten the proper help that they needed. And that's, that's what I want to promote most importantly of all out of this. It's not that I'm, uh, you know, uh, so tough or so so great and, and just to be there in, in that kind of you know, incident, I can see what, you know, people like in the Calgary Police Department and the Fire Department, what they do every day, 
and how they risk their lives. And to actually see that life and death right there in front of your eyes, I have a newfound respect for them. And God bless to to the uh, police officers and fire department all around the world. Uh Harry, that's incredible. Uh, you're incredible. And this girl could not have been any luckier for you have to made the choice to, to stop because you talk about, you know, all of the complications that are in this situation, right? What is her frame of mind? Like, you, you talk about how she, she becomes stronger with adrenaline. You talk about having the ability to calmly assess the situation and realize that by grabbing her clothes that she might fall. You, you say that so casually. I mean, what was you? What was your head? What was your mind space as you're approaching this girl for the first time? As you're getting out of the car, like what? What was that like there? Oh man! Well, you know what? It was a it was a think think quickly uh, kind of mind frame, and uh, there was also adrenaline on my behalf too. But when I tried to approach her calmly to talk to her, I could see that you know, just me and this other guy here, us talking to her, it wasn't solving anything, and. And she, um, you know, I, I, I think if she was really going to, she would have just jumped. But when she started fighting me off, she was really, uh, I think that she was had plans on finishing uh, things off, which was really scary. And I knew that, you know, I, I could see that, okay, well, we're talking to her. She's not calming down. She's actually getting worse. And, you know, when I grabbed, grabbed a hold of her, you know, I, the more I was, I started to engage with her physically, she was wanting to pursue things more so it was it was a really think quick and think on the fly and uh and and you know what the main thing is we got to save this person and the scary thing is there was a whole bunch of people that were parked down on the on the underground like uh right underneath the bridge on the underpass and they were waving her off and my last thing in my head was thinking if she jumps off and these people try to catch her if she lands on somebody she's going to kill somebody and that's just that was really scary And, you know, and uh, thank God that I I knew how to, you know, hold her and keep her from and keep her anchored down from from going, you know, and and completing what she she thought was her uh, her exit way. And I'm really, really glad. You know what? I I can tell you all my championships and accomplishments I've made in in pro wrestling and grappling are are all fantastic and great. But saving somebody's life is uh the greatest accomplishment uh, of, of all of, that I've ever made. And, wow. uh, you know, this girl, if she ever wants to reach out to me, um, I let the police department know that she can reach out, but I, you know, not until she gets the proper help and hopefully I can help her. And I'm glad that I've given her a second chance at life. You know, maybe she's going to, I'm sure that her friends and family are so glad that she's, she's safe and, you know, she's still around and, um, I'm glad that I, yeah, like I said, I'm so glad that I gave her a second chance, and I hope that they're they're happy about that too. Wow. Uh, one last thing on this, and I, I do want to ask you real quickly uh, here to wrap it up about your big IWGP tag title win uh, with Lance Archer. But um, what was what was up with what you were wearing, Harry? What was this outfit? Why were you dressed in like pajamas or whatever you were? I couldn't tell what you were dressed in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I um, I've gotten big into wearing. Uh, Chinese and Japanese suits like uh, um, I get them over in Japan actually and then I've gotten big into making them uh, and it's something that I enjoy doing and uh, it's it's comfortable wear you, well you know I was actually going off to watch um, the WWE pay-per-view at a friend's house 
and I, you know, I put that on. It was, it's really loose clothing. And I figured we were going to, you know, I was going to be a couch potato for the night and relax and, you know, wear that outfit and, you know, have some fun with some friends and family I hadn't seen in a while. And uh, I wasn't, <laughs> I was never expecting to be uh, right. saving a girl off a bridge, but it's, you know what, it's something that I like to wear. I enjoy designing it. I, I hope someday I can design my own uh, clothing line. Wow. And uh, people out there, you know what, they should be able to wear whatever makes them feel comfortable and whatever makes them feel good. And people are always going to judge you, but you should always listen to the people that really care about you and and give a damn about you, not listen to negative people. Or, And I think that's what a lot of times when people start making these brash and really bad decisions like that is because of negative influences in their lives. And I'll tell you one thing, positivity is contagious, but negativity is also contagious too. And um, if there's anything that I can ever do for my fans that want to reach out to me and, and talk to me, um, I am busy, but I can always do my best to answer their questions or if they have problems with depression. Um, and, you know, Nick, of course, people like uh, the Bad Seed, Sean Osborne and, and Chris Benoit and other people in pro wrestling that unfortunately did some bad things and, and took their own lives. I wish that they would have been able to seek some help before things uh, tumbleweeded into something like, like that, you know. And that's that's the main thing I'm trying to promote here is... is um, Mental illness is something that's really real. It's it's a real thing. It's a serious thing. And people, you know, if they need help, they should be able to to seek it and never be ashamed of that, you know? Uh, You mentioned uh, that you were going to watch the pay-per-view. Just to kind of shift gears a little bit. Um, First of all, you're in Calgary. Were you watching it with your Uncle Brett? Did you and Brett watch TLC together? No, you know what? I I watched it with uh, some... Uh, friends, they used to do the filming for the Stampede Wrestling shows and the, the music. And my uncle Bruce happened to be there, and Brian Pillman Jr. Oh, cool! Oh, and, uh, wow! All right. Yeah. So you know what? It was. Uh, it was. Uh, I. You know what? I honestly didn't catch much of the pay per view because. I was about um, to say, what are you? Because what is, of the. Yeah, the what? incident. Yeah, and then uh, <laughs> also I, I wound up talking to a bunch of friends, and I was talking to a. A police officer friend of mine, so I, I didn't really catch much of the pay-per-view. I, I uh, saw a little bit of the end, but um, you know, I, I saw bits and pieces of AJ's match, and it looked like he was great, but I, I didn't catch really much of it, so I can't. Man, I can't really comment on the pay-per-view. So that's fine. I, uh, I would imagine that your focus was at that point probably not on Kurt Angle's return after uh, what you just went through there. Um, well, let's let's switch gears here. We'll wrap it up. Uh, of course, uh, as great, I mean, like you say, of, of all the accomplishments that you've had in your entire life, saving somebody's life is obviously at the top. But just underneath that, you are now uh, IWE Tag Team Champion, Killer Elite Squad. Uh, you guys, uh, if memory serves me, I was watching this live. It was uh, the G1 Climax, that you, uh, the finals, right, that you guys returned to New Japan. Am I right on that? Yeah, that's correct. That was our uh, our comeback where we did the run-in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beat the heck out of everybody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, no. that was a lot yeah, of fun. No, uh, you know what? It's it's been awesome. Uh, like we were talking about, you know, with my uh, Chinese and Japanese outfits. I love the Asian culture. Um, I love Japan. I'm I'm learning how to speak Japanese pretty seriously now. And uh, all my experiences over there have been really great. New Japan Pro Wrestling has been an awesome place for me. And, and uh, Lance Archer's made a, you know what, he's made a hell of a comeback uh, after, you know, having a back surgery from a herniated disc. And um, 
man, we're really, really uh, doing great over there. And I hope that, uh, well, actually coming up, we have the World Tag League. And Lance Archer and myself, that's the one thing we haven't won in, in New Japan yet, is we've never won the, the finals of the Tag League. So that's going to be um, a checkoff on, on the list. And we're both training hard and seriously for it and looking forward to coming back over to uh, Japan for the Tag League uh, head off November 16th for that. Yeah, and of course, uh, you guys representing uh, Suzuki Gun, uh, I, I want to finish by saying that I was at Global War Chicago. It was great seeing you. What an amazing show that was. But of everything that happened that night, Jimmy Jacobs coming back, Bully Ray retiring, uh, Cody Rhodes calling out Roman Reigns for his, his drug uh, failures or whatever. My favorite <laughs> part, my favorite part of that whole show was before everything happened, I got to watch you and Minoru Suzuki like sparring in the ring together and it was mesmerizing um i just wanted you to talk a little bit about your relationship with suzuki and what it's like to be a part of suzuki gun oh man you know what minoru suzuki is he's an awesome person uh his i think that he's one of the well i think that he's probably knowledge wise uh next to yoshiaki fujiwara the best guy in the world as far as catch wrestling goes uh technique wise I mean, the guy has been fighting for uh, 30 years, and you know, not only as a pro wrestler but as a mixed martial artist. And he's he's trained in all different kinds of, of combat sports, and the wealth of knowledge that he has is amazing. And uh, being able to learn from somebody like him has been a, a real honor for me. I really love being a part of Suzuki Goon. It's um, it's such an awesome group to be a part of. And uh, like, yeah, like I said, Minoru Suzuki's. He's great, man, and um, and the guy is—he's almost fifty years old, you know, and he's still going like that, and he's still in great shape. And like I said um, earlier, you know, it, as far as mixed martial arts goes, or just martial arts in general, it's not just fighting for me. It's a—it's a way of life, and to be able to use that in in real life situations um, is a really awesome thing, and, and uh, hard training and stuff like that pays off not just for winning a comp, you know championships or accomplishments and stuff like that but it's for you know saving people's lives like that and you know what maybe if this girl if she starts training in martial arts when she's back um you know mentally healthy again i think that it would be a great thing for her and she's going to probably get a lot of self discipline and, and and confidence out of it too so i i hope that maybe she she gives that a thought and anybody else out there they could always give martial arts a try it's a it's a great thing it's um it's fun and you know what it's a it's a positive thing and, and you get a lot of self-confidence and a lot of great things out of it and Minoru Suzuki he's been awesome man being able to learn from him has been great so and I'm glad that you enjoyed that uh, as well and you know what uh Suzuki he's really uh, an awesome guy 